once again. Uh, it is good to be here with you today. My name, again, uh, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, is Father Patrick Bame, and I have been a priest now for, I'm, I'm in my 12th year, but I graduated from St. Mary's in the year 2000, and so it, it is always good to be back here. We, the, the truth is, we don't get to come back to our home parish and have Mass in our home parish all that often. It's just kind of the nature of, of priesthood and, and how it is, it is lived and worked and, and functions in the modern world. And so it, it is always a joy, always good to be back here with you. The first 11 years of my priesthood I spent as a teacher and chaplain in our Catholic schools. And so I was at Bishop Heelan in Sioux City, and then at Lamar's Galen, and then at St. Ed's in Fort Dodge, and then the last four years at Kemper Catholic in Carroll. And while I was uh, particularly at Bishop Heelan and at Carroll Kemper, I, as part of my responsibility, was teaching a number of classes. And so I taught a class on the sacraments, I taught a class on morality, taught a class on peace and justice, and different, different things like that. And I was known for being, frankly, a rather easy grader, because I would give my students a pretty accurate study guide of what I expected them to know for the test. I would say, you know, here you go. Here are the answers to the test. And you go over it. And inevitably, I would have somebody come back and get like 37%. And they'd come back and say, Father, how come I only got 37%? Say, well, you could, because you got 63% of the answers wrong. It's not that complicated. You should maybe go talk to your math teacher. I don't know. But nonetheless... Jesus is giving us the answers to the test today. He's giving us the answers that we will need to know when we stand before him. When Jesus was hungry, did we feed him? When he was thirsty, did we quench his thirst? When he was a stranger, when he was in prison, did we welcome him? When I was preparing this homily and thinking about it and knowing that I was going to be here at St. Mary's, my mind immediately turned to those seven windows up there. We beautifully have inscribed here in this church an artistic representation of the corporal works of mercy that are outlined here for us in this gospel. But nonetheless, even though we know what they are, they still have some characteristics to them that I think is worth our while to, to discern. I would say, I guess is probably the best way to put it, I would, I would say that Christian service, authentic Christian service, really has three characteristics that I think are important if we are going to live these corporal works of mercy within our own lives. Let's just go through what, at least in, in my mind, are these three characteristics. First of all, Christian service must be personal. In other words, it's an encounter with another human being. Jesus is very clear. He says, when I was hungry, you gave me food. Not when I was hungry, you wrote a check to a charity. Not when I was hungry, you paid your taxes and you let Uncle Sam feed me. No, those are very good. Okay, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. 
But we can have a tendency here in, frankly, the wealthy Western world to just say, okay, well, I gave my money and I am absolved from any further responsibility. Let's just be very honest for a second. Every single one of us in this room is among the wealthiest one-tenth of one percent of people who have ever walked on this planet. Just, let's just put this into context for a second. Up until about a hundred years ago, the thought of getting in your car and driving somewhere was completely foreign even to royalty. Up until about 60 years ago, the thought of hopping on an airplane and flying across the world was a completely foreign concept even, again, to royalty. My guess is that almost every single person in this room has more computing power in your pocket than NASA had up until about 10 years ago. That is remarkable when you stop and think about it. And so it can be very easy to just say, okay, well, you know what? Here's my Venmo, here's my check, and I don't have to get my hands dirty. But nonetheless, Jesus invites us to a personal encounter with the poor to encounter a real hungry person, someone who is really in prison, a real stranger to our land, whatever it may be. So number one, it's personal. Number two, authentic Christian service must be Christocentric. Here's what I mean by that. Mother Teresa gives us the best example of this. Mother Teresa was able to live this gospel to the nth degree, where she could literally see in every single person that she encountered the face of Jesus Christ. Christian service must be Christocentric. In other words, we literally see the face of Jesus in every single person whom we meet. There's a story about Mother Teresa, and of course, if, you, if you're not familiar with Mother Teresa, she was the foundress of the Missionary Sisters of Charity. She lived in Calcutta, India, and she very literally picked dying people up out of the gutter to care for them in their final moments. But there's a story once of Mother Teresa. She was in Rome visiting the Pope, and she was scheduled to have dinner with Pope John Paul II. She was being driven through the streets of Rome, and she saw a homeless man dying on the streets. She said to her driver, stop the car. She went and picked this man up, put him in the car, and they drove him to the Sisters of Charity's convent in the city of Rome. And her driver said, okay, what am I supposed to tell the Pope? You're not going to be there for dinner with him. And she said, tell him that I'm with Jesus. It's a profound answer. But a beautiful insight that reveals something to us of her heart. That within her own interior life, she could literally look at every single human person and see the face of Jesus Christ. So authentic Christian service, it must be personal, an encounter with another human being. It must be Christocentric, seeing the face of Jesus Christ in every single person we meet. Third and finally, and again, Mother Teresa gives us this example, it should begin with those closest to us. In a few months, I'm taking a number of students, a number of my students from Kemper to Honduras on a mission trip. They go every other year 
for this mission trip. And, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's a fantastic thing that they do to go and serve the poor and, and to encounter people who have, let's just say, a very different standard of living than we do. But one of the things that I always remind them of is they say, look, guys, in one sense, it is actually a lot easier to go and do service in Honduras than right here, in our case, in Carroll or here in Storm Lake. Because for a number of reasons, think about it. When you go to a foreign country, it's kind of exciting. Get your passport stamped. You probably have a day or two where you just get to chill out in the city and experience the culture, try different foods. You get to fly on an airplane, travel internationally. It's a lot of fun. And then the part that makes it really easy is after a week or 10 days or whatever it is, you got to come home and forget about it. And in a certain sense, just kind of wash your hands and say, okay, well, that was good. Now I'm back to my old life or whatever, you know, however I, I lived prior to going. When we encounter the poor closest to us, we can't walk away. When you know that the person sitting next to you in math class is struggling with something, or you know that the person that you work next to on the line at Tyson has, you know, some crisis going on in their life. We cannot walk away. We can't just simply say, well, okay, I did my job, and now I'm back to my normal life. Mother Teresa, again, as I said, gives us the example. A reporter once upon a time asked her, Mother Teresa, you have done so much for the needy. In truth, Mother Teresa has probably done more for the service of the poor than any other human being that has ever walked this planet, save probably our Lord. But aside from our Lord Jesus, Mother Teresa has probably done more for the poor than anyone else who has ever lived. And when asked, Mother Teresa, what do we do? How can I fulfill my role of alleviating poverty in the world? What can I do? Mother Teresa looked the reporter in the eye and said very simply, go home and love your family. Go home and love your family. In other words, as we begin with those closest to us, we love those who are in our immediate inner circle. That, by definition, creates a ripple effect. Because even within your family, the people within your family have a different circle. Your kids know people that you probably don't know as a parent. Your spouse works with people who are different than you. And as we interact and, and share that message of salvation and the message of mercy with those closest to us, they in turn can share that with others. And so this ripple effect grows out and thus leading the whole world to a deeper inner conversion. So let's review. Authentic Christian service, three characteristics. Number one, it's personal. It's an encounter with another human being. Number two, it is Christocentric. Seeing the person of Jesus Christ, the face of Jesus Christ in every single person that we encounter. Third, and finally, we begin with those closest to us. The one in our immediate sphere of influence. That doesn't mean we can't expand beyond that. I'm not telling my students, don't go to Honduras. But I am telling them, Make sure you love your parents and your siblings and the people next to you in, in, you know, English class or whatever it is. Make sure you love those people closest to you. And together, hopefully, we will all arrive at that test. The test for which Jesus has already given us the answers. 
And he will say to each one of us, please God, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you quenched my thirst. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you comforted me. And we will say to him, Lord Jesus, when did we do this? When did I feed you, clothe you, quench your thirst? And you will respond with those blessed words, whatever you did for one of my least brothers and sisters, that you did for me. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.